Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Amazing Race Rewind podcast. My name is Andrew, and with me here is Jill. Jill, how are you doing this morning? I am good. I am ready to discuss the Amazing Race all yeah. the way back to season one that was uh, broadcasted in 2001. 2001. So anyway, what this podcast is, is we're just going to be going back and watching The Amazing Race from the earliest episodes, episode, season one, episode one, and we're going to be going until we stop, essentially. Um, yeah, exciting. Um, so I have never seen this season of The Amazing Race or any old seasons of The Amazing Race. We both were not alive when they happened. However, so I- we, are, we are pretty big fans of The Amazing Race and The Amazing Race Canada. Yeah, yeah. So I first encountered the Amazing Race through the Canadian version when it first came out. Um, I mean, I think I kind of knew what it was, but I didn't really know much about it. Jill, did you like watch before? I watched a couple of the seasons of the American version. Yeah, but yeah, definitely more more experience with the Canadian version, which came out much later than the American version. Right. Um, but I would have been watching the American versions and seasons coming out around the time of the Canadian version. So the show had definitely developed and and changed by that point. Yeah, so this was really interesting. It was like a really, um, it, it was like a little infant, this show. They did not know what they were doing at all, you could tell. And it was all just traveling. There was like the one challenge where they swing off the cliff, but that was there it. Was, that was kind of the physical challenge, but it was no like, I think that now nowadays your detours are often more a physical challenge and, a, and an intellectual or mental challenge, and it was... Not at all that. Yeah, here the challenge is literally just traveling, like getting there. Seems to be much more challenging than they have it now. Because now it kind of seems like they lay out exactly like, okay, this is what flights teams are going to take. And like, this is, it's very more organized here. They literally just throw them out to the wolves. They spent a quite a long amount of time. I don't know if we want to get into the play-by-play of the episode yet, but they spent quite a, a long amount of time covering getting to JFK Airport. Yes. Okay, yeah, we can we can just start then. Okay, so but, yeah, well, the episode starts in New York City, if that And I see, you know, else are going to start The Amazing Race than New York City, honestly? Of course. Well, for, for an American, at least. For an American, yes. Yeah. Um, so we start, and we have our host here, Phil Kogan, who's giving his little monologue on top of a building. In a fantastic trench coat. <laughs> fantastic. I didn't notice the <laughs> trench coat. Wow. That's all I noticed. Okay. But I did notice he seemed quite nervous. Like, did you notice there was a moment where he kind of, like, paused and, like, stumbled over his words a little bit? On top of the building? Yes. Yeah. No, I wouldn't blame him, though. It was just kind of shocking for, like, a primetime television for him to be. But, but, yeah, I guess it's the first the first thing. I would, if I was there, all I would be focusing on is I'm on a building, not, yeah. <laughs> not that I'm about to be on one of the best, best TV shows ever. Yeah. So, anyway, we get this, this little monologue or whatever. And then we go to a bus and we meet all the teams. Were there any teams initially that stood out to you? I have to say, I feel like not not particularly off the bat, but in a general consensus, lots of the teams were, I felt, kind of hoping this race changes their relationship and they're taking it as a challenge to, to better their relationship, which I feel like is not at all what it is now. I feel like now it's people who are very very sure of themselves, very like, and again, maybe this is just us watching the Canadian version um, and the personalities are different, but it seems like everyone here is kind of like, there's a big issue in our relationship, but it's okay because this is going to fix it. It's like, is it going to fix it though? Because like, I feel like it is a bonding experience, but it also has the opportunity to like drive a giant wedge 
in their relationship. A prime example of this was Frank and Margarita, who are separated and have a child. And I think in that situation, you know, it's very admirable to be so dedicated to try and fix that relationship for your kid. Yeah. However, I would not, I would not be able to do that. <laughs> and like doing it on a national stage where like literally everybody can watch you fight with your uh, husband or like ex-husband, I guess. And then also another team that caught my eye was Dave and Margareta. So first of all, there's a Margarita and a Margareta. That messed me up at first. <laughs> yeah. What a unique name. I've never met someone named Margarita or Margareta. And really? Margarita, Dave and Margareta seem to be very old. I don't know exactly how old they are, but yeah, they stood out to me for that reason, obviously. And, and Margareta is my queen. She has she's she has these like old person sayings that just like kill me. <laughs> like what? Like <laughs> we'll get to this, but during the the what's it called during the when they get the fast forward, she goes, "Oh, a fast forward, I'll be dipped." It's like what does that mean, Margareta? You'll be dipped. Like and, them. Them and the two working moms, I really liked them because I feel like everybody was way too intense and they yeah, were they just, like, uh, happy to be there. And I, I appreciate people who are just happy to be there, happy for the experience. Yeah, that was Pat and Brenda, I think were their names. Yes. Yeah, although I feel like we didn't see very much of them. I kind of like forgot they were there. But also, it's it's the first episode. So I feel like until, you know, there's maybe seven, eight or seven teams, you don't really get a good personality sense of each team because you just can't. It's hard to follow team. so many teams. Yeah. yeah. And I guess especially like the teams that you really only see the teams that are like at the top and like at the bottom. Exactly. Teams in the middle, you kind of lose sight of. So anyway, the teams start in Central Park and... They are literally left to their own devices on the streets of New York. They're told yeah. you have to get on one of these three flights. One of them was like, ninety dollars cash. Oh, was it ninety dollars or something like that? Okay, like aren't the, the flights are paid for though, right? I would assume so because yeah. I think that the one difference from that to again the version that we're used to watching, which is a more modern Canadian version, was often <laughs> there's a credit card sponsorship in the Canadian version. <laughs> Yeah, they like whip out their BMO Avion travel rewards card. I don't know what it is, but it's usually know. they're responsible for, you know, paying for their flight and they advertise the card. Uh, yeah. So it was interesting in this to just, here's $90 cash, go. Yeah, so some teams take taxis, some take the subway. and I had to, I forget which team, but I had to appreciate the logistical kind of planning of if we take the subway, it's only two bucks. Because, I mean, that's exactly how I... Every time I get on the subway and I see cars <laughs> driving by, I'm like, I've only paid $2 to be here. And everybody else is, you know, paying, what was gas yesterday? 173 <laughs> a liter. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that that's the thing because you can choose to pay for a taxi where obviously you'll get there faster. But like, you don't know if you're going to need money further down the line. Exactly. So, yeah. I don't know. because But that never really had an impact about whether you, like, you took the subway or the taxi and saved money. They didn't really discuss that. No. Again, though, I feel like as the show evolves, this travel between places really isn't highlighted unless, a couple examples, A, it's just not important, or B, unless something goes wrong, or in a rare right. case where the instructions are very specific and they don't follow them and that results in a penalty. I've seen that a couple times. Yes. And then everyone's going to phone booths and just trying to... That like, was my first thought when, when they opened the envelopes and it was... Um, 
get to, where is it, Johannesburg in South Africa, my yeah. first thought was, okay, well, I would get on a phone and reserve my seats on a flight right away. So I think I think that's what people were doing, right? And then, but they didn't even tell them which airport to go to because people teams were trying to decide, like, okay, are we going to JFK or I don't know what the other uh, airports was were it called. Laguardia. So one team had mentioned, oh, like it could be the one in. I know there's one in Newark, I think, but it, I'm not quite familiar. But they had the flight numbers, so they just had to call the airlines or the airports and figure that out. Right. Um, so then we get like a little early 2000s montage realness. <laughs> Well, the streets of NYC, you know, with like the, the slanted angles the and like the cars angles. driving. Yeah. I love that. It's just a little time capsule. So yeah, people get to the airport. Nothing really of note happens here. Again, the show was so focused on travel, which I'm just not used to. I was quite surprised by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, we have three flights. There's the team taking the South African one. There's the Swiss Air, and then there's the Italy one. Um, and they don't they don't do a very good job of like telling us w- what teams are where. No, they don't. Again, going back to the Canadian version, I feel like if there was multiple flights, it would it would um, highlight okay, flight one, this team, this team, this team, this mm-hmm. team, flight two, these four, flight three. But we didn't. You kind of only got who was on the first one here. Yeah. So then. The team land. The teams land in South Africa, and then okay, like what's what's the task going to be? Are we going to have a challenge or something? And the task is to literally just go to another airport and sign up for a flight the next day. Yeah. Oh, and also we had um, we have this again, Frank and Margarita, and then Team Guido, where we have Frank throwing a fit because he's in second place again, and Team Guido is just like, "Wow, you guys did so good." I admire their positivity. <laughs> yeah. Again, another one of those teams that I feel like is just. It's just there. I feel like they're just minding their own business. Exactly. Um, Meanwhile, Frank is so loud and obnoxious. Like, it's like, how could you be so loud all the time? I don't know. I'm not a. Well, maybe you'll argue this. I feel like I'm not a competitive Mm. person, so I don't really understand that. But I don't know. Maybe if I was put in the Amazing Race, it would be completely different. Yeah, I feel like I'm a competitive person, but I don't think I would be yelling at my partner, you know, or like yelling at the the taxi driver or something, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, anyway, so oh, so they get to their, get off their charter flight, and they're in Zambia, and then they're, they go to cars, and then they can choose to either drive themselves or hire a driver, but the thing is the driver can't provide directions or help them in any way. So I'm thinking like, well, what's, what's the point of the driver then? I think the driver's probably just there because you can't have... <laughs> camera crews and random americans driving around who don't but no, know it was a, it was a choice like they made it an option you can either drive yourself or you can like pay for, for a type of driver oh, that's, oh i thought the driver sat with people though if they chose not to have oh them. did they i sometimes i think i don't, I don't know remember. because there was very dangerous driving regardless that's true like i was yeah i was watching this it's like did they not have any restrictions or rules for this driving because people it's, it's a free-for-all Oh, no. And again, something that I feel like would rarely happen in the more modern versions. Like, I'm not saying there's no travel covered or travel challenges, but I don't like I think they would just they would give you more now because it's, again, about the challenges. Right. Like it wasn't I don't want to say it wasn't interesting, but it was definitely too long and got tired of the traveling yeah like that the editing pace of it was just right. too much um okay yeah so they get told to go to where the smoke this to the smoke that thunders which turns out which is victoria, victoria falls, falls yeah. correct a couple of facts about uh victoria okay. falls here became a unesco world heritage site in 1989 um and it's the seventh widest 
a waterfall in the world. Its width is 5,604 feet. And if there's any Canadians tuning in, for reference, Niagara is the ninth widest with a width of 3,950 feet. Yeah, this one looks so. pretty tall as well. Like it seemed... It's got a height of 354 feet. Okay. So yeah, that was pretty cool, I guess. But like, how do, how do they know where they're going? It's like the smoke... Like there was that one team who was like telling their driver, go to the smoke that thunders. And the driver was like, well, I don't know where that is. I know. I forget which team, but they did spot smoke mm-hmm. or steam yeah. rising. Yeah. Again, not a clue I would get or even no, think to get. I would be, yeah. I, would, I don't know what I would think. Because they're just like, oh, over there, there's smoke. Let's go. So yeah, the driving is very dangerous. We get... Because I guess when you tell people it's, you're in a race for a million dollars, they're going to like risk crashing a car in Zambia. I feel like though there was a distinct line between teams who are just going to risk it all. And then those couple teams who were like, we are visitors in a foreign country. We have to, you know, display good mannerisms, be respectful, showcase like who, who we are, where we come yeah. from. I feel like there was no in between. Yeah, no, exactly. Okay, so people get to the the waterfall and there's some like really cool shots of them like running with like the water in the back. Isn't that what is that bridge called? Like the yeah, knife's, the knife's edge, edge or something? That was cool. And I feel like they should have given them more time to take that in because I feel like they, they just, just rushed ran through across. it. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. And then also, we get like this camera shot where they're following two people and like it's the cameraman's like running backwards. And then they pan to like uh, an outward shot. Um, of just showing the two teams, and I'm like, well, where did the where did the camera go? Like, how did they coordinate that? Um, it would have been different teams, so, probably. But or... like, then where did that team's camera person go? I don't know. I feel like... He's following them. I have to say, kudos to him for running <laughs> backwards with a TV camera mounted on his shoulder. Like that would not be. Yeah. I've fallen over running backwards down a beach with an <laughs> iPhone. So. Let alone a, a thirty pound <laughs> giant camera. Oh, yeah. But, like, absolutely. I can't imagine the logistics or, like, the planning for this show. Like, how do you coordinate all of this? Especially this, uh, I mean, something I keep thinking about, too, is you've got these massive digital cameras. I don't know their battery life, yeah. but you would have to just continuously be making sure the cameras are on, making sure they're recording, making sure their data and their storage isn't, isn't uh, too full. And I think that's that's something that needs, they should do a show about, I like, just, the filming yeah. of The Amazing Race. Also, yeah, I, I, I don't know how they're mic'd up. I need to check on that. But I don't think they've got um, labs on, like, the mics you, you put on yeah. the body. That are wireless. I so I think tell. I was doing like I was I was reading a little bit and like each team has uh, a camera person and a sound person. So I don't know if there's just like a sound person with like a little, you know, over. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna look into that for next week. Yeah. I will get back to you on that. Oh, but it's another thing to note because um, in the little article or whatever that I was reading, the cameraman is essentially like the third part of your team. They're like pretty much your child. Like they were told. You can't go anywhere without your cameraman. Like your cameraman is with you, which is an interesting to think about because you don't see that on the show. However, I did notice they were at like this info center booth, I think when they were trying to get to the falls and Margarita figures out like where they need to go. And she's, you see her, she like goes to the camera and it's like, come, do you notice that? She's telling the camera. I I noticed kind of with um, the, I forget the names again, but the mother Hmm. and daughter, at one point it looked like the mother was kind of almost talking to the cameraman or looking at the camera person i don't know i 
I have to say too, I'm quite surprised that the cameras don't pick up other cameras exactly, in the background. Yeah. That always surprises me. Yeah, because you know there's there has to be like so many cameras there because they capture everything. Well, especially when you get to those, you know, for example, that what we're going to get to in a moment, but the zip line and mm. the bungee bungee jump, you've got, you know, three or four teams on in the waiting line and yet you never oh. see another yeah, camera or team behind. Yeah, wild. Okay, yes, and then this at the falls is where they introduce the fast forward where you can essentially just skip the rest of the leg and go straight to the pit stop. So it's like a little side quest, I guess, that you can choose to do. And I mean, for anyone who hasn't seen The Amazing Race before, the fast forward is kind of, it's a risk because if you go on the quest for the fast forward, but you're not the first one to get it, you've essentially wasted a bunch of time. Yeah. So that's the risk you always take when you're going for the fast forward. If you know you're in the lead and you're confident in the challenge, it's safe to do. However, if you're not sure, you might just want to continue doing the tasks and not try to get it. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I wouldn't go for the fast forward. I guess it depends on where you are, like you said, in the in the pack, if you're in the lead. Yeah, if I if I knew I was at the front and I knew I was capable of the task, yeah. I, I would do it. Because it's sometimes, at least in later versions, it is just a task you have to do, but sometimes it's kind of an odd task or weird or unusual rather than, you know, a hike to physically find it. Yes. So we have two teams go for it. It was the lawyers. What were, what were their names? Hold on, let me try and find this here. Dave and Brennan. Yes, Dave and Brennan go for it. And so do Dave and Margareta. Lots of similar names. It kind of throws yeah. you off. Wait, are they? Oh, no, it's Rob and Brennan. Rob, Rob and, and Brennan, Brennan, sorry. And then Dave and Margareta go for it. So oh, this is this is where we get the Margareta's iconic line where she goes, a fast forward, I'll be dipped. <laughs> Kills me. Margareta <laughs> is my queen. I think we're going to be hearing a lot of I'll be dipped from now <laughs> I'll on. I'll be dipped. Because it's like, what is that? such like an old person slang. <laughs> so yeah, Rob and Brennan, they get the fast forward. They go for the hike. And then on the way back up, they're talking about, oh, how hard it was. I think one of them says like, oh, that's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And then we immediately cut yeah. to poor old Dave and Margarita, <laughs> which is so sad. They go all the way down to the hill and then they see that it's been taken already. But you know what? They still came through. They did well. I would, I, they impressed me. I, I applaud them for, I know we'll again, get to this in a minute, but the, the bungee jump, because I, I would never be able to do that. Yeah. I mean, Dave and Margareta for the win. They are my winners. Okay, anyway. Oh, yes. And then this is when Margareta um, says that they've just been kept going and going and haven't been taking a second to take a break. And then that got me thinking, like, these people must be so exhausted. Like, I mean, I guess they could have slept on the flight, but you know, that's never a good sleep for me, at least. Oh, I know. And I mean, yes, I think we saw them stay the night somewhere. That was um, at the end, though, right? There was the one between the uh, right before the chartered flight. Oh, okay. um, I forget who it is, but someone's like, "Oh, I'm in for the night." Oh, that closes yeah. the door. Yeah. It looks like a like a little bed and breakfast type mm. house. Yes, that is true. And then after Robin Brennan get the fast forward, they um, <laughs> in the most American fashion possible give two little um, kids from from this little Zambian village American flags, <laughs> and they call themselves diplomats. I didn't see you didn't that. Notice I, that? I, I, they had American flags. Yeah, they had like little American flags that they brought with them and they gave them to these little children and then they said um, that they're diplomats. This It's felt very American and self <laughs> If anyone hasn't uh, picked up on this yet, we're Canadians. <laughs> okay, anyway, I just have a note here that Kevin and Drew kill me with their banter. What? Kevin and Drew, the um, bald guys, the New York fraternity brothers, them like... I love like, their accents. Their accents I still so love weird. their accents. 
they're like when they were arguing about being nice to the locals, and they're like, "You don't, you can't just yell at them from the car. This ain't New York." <laughs> <They're idiots. laughs> it's like I love them. I have to say, near the end, I think that they got more into it, but yeah. at the beginning, they were just so relaxed and like so chill, whatever, like just take it easy. And I think also they were the ones during their intro intro scene were like, "Yeah, we're just like the ugly Americans. We're definitely going to get into an international relations conflict." <laughs> I was like, "Okay." Oh my god, I did not catch that either. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I'm looking forward to see what they have to offer because <laughs> I think they will be a great team to watch. I love an authentic New York accent because I feel like more and more I just hear people mock it and I hear kind of the overdone, you know, TV show or SNL mm. skit New York accent. It's really funny when you're hearing it and that's just how someone talks. Uh, yeah, they are characters. They're like literally cartoon characters. I feel like that's to be good on The Amazing Race, though, is you need to be a little bit of a character because you want people to remember you. Even if you're going to get booted yeah. out, the way that you kind of, I feel like, stick around and people in the end want to root for you. And I mean, there's no voting in yeah. this, but you need to just be a bit of a character. Yes, yeah, so you definitely do need to be a little bit kooky to be a fan <laughs> favorite. Okay, so we get to the detour, which everybody chooses to do the zip line. So you can either zip line and bungee jump um, Batoka Gorge, or as some would say Batoka George. You notice that? There was that one guy who kept on saying Batoka George instead of Gorge. Yeah, he did. It's like, this is so humiliating. <laughs> Batoka <laughs> George. So the first teams that are there are Team Guido and Frank and Margarita. And Margarita does not want to do the zip line. I don't blame, like, I think the options were you do the zip line, which leads you to a bungee jump to get yeah. down, or you do a walk. And I don't remember if the walk was specified in length or distance. I, I, I honestly, I would do the walk. I don't really. Think, I, I think I'd be able to do the zip line with my eyes closed. I think I would pass out on the bungee See, jump. See, if you were my partner, I would try and force you to do the zip line. Oh, I, kn I knew that. I was watching this thinking us in that <laughs> position. And I knew you would be, like, making me do that. Because I don't think I would do it like Frank, where Frank is literally bullying Margarita and yelling at her and pushing her. I think I would just, I don't know what I would do, but I would I would essentially force you. I will say, the million-dollar cash prize, I'm going to kind of make it more appealing here. So it's a million dollars American in 2001. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. So a million dollars American in, tw in 2001 in Canadian currency in 2023 is actually two million hundred sixty nine thousand oh, $54.88. So basically almost double. That's insanity. So that, that would be appealing. I'd have to say you'd have to flag the money in front of me, but I don't know if I'd be able to risk my life. But ziplining or a gorge but what <laughs> george but would you someone said like this is like the best experience of your life like would you not do it just to do it it's like you're here it's the faster way no i, I absolutely want to do it like don't get me wrong i'm all for a, a thrilling experience but you've seen me on a ferris yeah. wheel right okay. i don't trust this if i fall off that zipline if it breaks there's there's nothing to catch you you're, you're gonna die also I was reading like this other article I was talking about this episode. They were saying, I don't know where I saw this, but like they were apparently this attraction or whatever was brand new and they were testing if it was safe up to 10 minutes before the first team got there. They were like still testing. Exactly. I, I'm, I would not know. I'm not doing and it. And to be fair, this um, swing bungee jump, because it wasn't quite a bungee jump because they didn't like bungee. They, they... That I have issues with, with the way they were sitting. 
Because I feel like you typically go head first right. because there's less chance of the cord when it's um, still not, when it doesn't have tension in it. And it's just kind of hanging loose when you jump, getting wrapped around your neck. Oh. And every time someone jumped, because they're like sitting, yeah. but there's a lot of excess cord below them and beside them. I just prayed that it wouldn't like somehow get tangled around their neck. Oh my God. And, I didn't even think yeah. of that. I thought it was, I thought it just But it's so right, right? Yeah. I th I, well, <laughs> this is why you bungee jump head first, which I would not, I would still not do. But I was just thinking of how dangerous it looked when they were swinging and their bodies were just flailing around and they were all Have you seen people jump? bungee jump head first like you still flail around but at least there's not that big yeah. chance of the like, thing getting wrapped around your neck okay i wasn't thinking about it being wrapped around your neck i was <laughs> like the, the way people step off i think if you step off like a little bit more timidly then you have more of a chance because they like go head first they like, spin it's like it was a little crazy how do people not get whiplash from this oh i know exactly i would i don't know if i would ever bungee jump but i would definitely not do it sitting down like that yeah that was yeah so this was wild. Okay, so um, when my queen, Margareta, gets to the zipline, <laughs> she goes, does the zipline, and then after the zipline, she goes, that was way cool. <laughs> so cute. I love Margareta. And also, while she's doing it, you have Dave talking to a zipline employee, being like, my wife is just the best person in the world. She's the best person I've ever seen. It's so sweet. It's like, they are they're my team. I love them. <laughs> and then, oh, Kim and Leslie, who we haven't talked about, we haven't also seen the teachers yes the teachers one of them she she said that she was worried about holding the thing up during the the bungee jump she was like i'm worried about holding the thing up because i'm not good at holding things up i was like what that's like a very <laughs> niche thing to not be good at like i don't know i mean i don't blame her it's like you think it's a very simple task but when you're tasked with you know you okay hold this up but we're gonna push you off a cliff of like <laughs> 100 no i wouldn't be good yeah. like Here's this bear, this stuffed yeah. bear. I would not be able to hold this up. But like, what did they have to hold? What was that for? I'm not too sure. That's. I was trying yeah. to figure that out, but I couldn't tell. Something with the, the harness or the equipment. Yeah, I don't know. So yeah, was there anything notable, anything else notable from the zipline, whatever extravaganza? I don't know. I just spent a long time thinking about if I'd be able to do it. And I mean, ideally I would, but... Yeah, I, mean, I, I feel know. like any every, anybody would be terrified. I think something I always thought of if I ever went on the show and something that my mom always says to me is you need to be with someone who will do height stuff and who will eat weird oh, yeah. food and do all that because if you can't do it, you need someone who will be able to. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, in this case, both people had to do it. So I know that's it was kind of surprising. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like if you're going to go on the show, you're going to have to reconcile with the fact that, okay, I'm, I'm going to have to do something that's going to be terrifying that I'm not going to want to do, you know? Something I, I still think about and I remember is, um, I believe it was the first season of the Canadian version, but I could be wrong. They had to eat a snakeskin soup or oh, something. Yeah. And I mean, I, I just cannot eat. Like when it comes to meats, I can't eat anything strange. Speaking of strange eating challenge, when I was also doing my little <laughs> research, there was... Um, actually a challenge or a task that was cut from this episode where they had to eat an ostrich egg. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting because I guess they probably could have put it in, but I watched the deleted scene. They have it on YouTube and it was quite boring. You'd think it would have been more interesting than, you know, an extra 20 minutes of traveling. Yeah. But I mean, I actually found the traveling kind of cool. I did and I didn't. I definitely, yeah. Did and I didn't. Yeah. I think it, I wasn't used to it. So knowing that the pace 
um, modernizes and gets better. Yeah, this felt a lot more real. It felt almost more like a documentary than the modern Amazing Race we see today. Which is very, not scripted. No, no it's scripted. more highly produced and like well-organized, you know? Yeah. So yeah, we have some other teams driving. Kevin and Drew have issues and they call themselves the Village Idiots. I thought that was... <laughs> I thought that was great from them. <laughs> I, I feel like driving, I would have been okay. Like, I'm pretty good with directions. Well, like, but how do you even know where they're going? They they bought a map somehow. Remember, he was getting yeah. mad at him because of he, he bought some sort of... He's like, what were you thinking? Like, they don't just hand these out at the Statue of Liberty. And it's some sort of a magazine or map, but there ends up being a map. Yeah, but then wasn't the map, like, for Namibia? It wasn't even the right... All of yeah, <laughs> I think it's you know you've got your ninety bucks. You can you can buy a map if you want to. Right, I guess so. Oh, and then we got this one team. I can't remember their names. It was with the redhead and that and that guy, the the couple when they were getting mad at people for not knowing. They're like, "You live here. How do you not know where you're going?" <laughs> oh, and then the, the mom and daughter couple. I thought they they were kind of fun. But did you notice how many times um, Nancy, the mom, says Emily? She said that, I swear, like five times in this episode. I feel like that is just a, a mom <laughs> thing. Like if I went on the show with my mom, she'd be like, Jill, Jill, like all the time. Yeah, I guess. Not in a bad way, just like always getting my attention, always trying to like talk me through stuff. Yeah, I think I like that team too. I like, I like Nancy. I think she's also could be a fun character. And it's an interesting <laughs> dynamic, I think also. It is. Would you would you go on the show with your mom? See, I would not. My mom would never go on the show because she she would kill me. <laughs> In what way? Kill me, but she just like or vice versa. I don't know. I feel like we travel very differently. Like I'm very, I don't care. Well, I mean, you saw that one time when I came to Toronto and there was the big kerfuffle with how to get home. I'm just like I don't care. The shot. Yeah, let's do this. Whatever. But I felt bad for Skyla. <laughs> Skyla's listening to this. Sorry, Skyla. I still hope you enjoyed the trip. It was really nice to meet you. But <laughs> I don't think Skyla. I don't think we would work well. And my mom would say that too. We would not be a good team. What about you and <laughs> and your mom? Um, no, because we're too similar in the sense that we both would not want to do the heights or the weird foods or stuff like that. I mean, I she always she always told me that I should go with you. Okay. Yes. I feel like I feel like we like we would balance each other's strengths out, you know. Exactly, and, but I feel like intellectually, and we're, we're good with maps, ge- geography, yeah. and we balance each other out intellectually. Yeah. Okay, so we get another line from Kevin and Drew when they were on top of the the <laughs> hill of the bungee jump. Um, one of them says, "These flies are like lobsters." Now, what does that mean? <laughs> I don't really know, but I think it's hilarious. These flies are like lobsters. Like, what are you talking about? These flies are like lobsters. Yeah. I don't know what that means. I get maybe it's a, it must be a New York thing or an American thing. I don't know. So yeah, and then after that detour, which wasn't even a detour because everybody chose the air option over the land. No, I feel like that's, again, the show's learning what works for it. They're yeah. learning how to produce good television. But what makes a good detour is you need two equally appealing kind of options that people are going to say these might take about the same right. amount of time. Where here it was very much this one is quicker, this one is easier, but, you know, it's just that it's 
Heights. I mean, although this did create like a little bit of conflict with some teams being like having it be the option that they could walk. Right. Um, being like, why don't we just walk? Because there's that one team where like we're in last anyway. Why don't we just do it with that one guy? But it's like, yeah, they weren't. Michigan, I don't one. think it was like who's going to choose to walk when you can do something that'll take. I don't I, Well, I don't know how far the walk is, but I would assume that this is much quicker. I still stand by the point that it would take a lot for me to actually do the air thing and that you would really have to convince me not to walk well i think i could do that i'll throw that (laughs) throw you off the cliff myself so yeah and after that we have our pit stop brennan the the team who took the fast forward brennan and what's his name bill um brennan Brennan and rob rob Rob, brennan get to the pit stop first because they took the fast forward. And Phil, the host, isn't there, which I thought was strange. Why is he was only there for the oh, last yeah. team. So I guess if you show up to the mat and you see Phil there, you know, okay, we're we're out. But it's like, it's such a big thing. I feel like in later seasons or in the Canadian version where it's like, where's Phil? Where's John? Yeah. You're looking for the host. Yeah, it's always like, oh, there's John, there's John, let's go. Well, here it's like, oh, if it's Phil is there, that means it's not good. Yeah. And in later seasons, also, they have prizes for the team who wins first. It's like, oh, you want a trip to, I don't know, Berlin or something. Yeah, you want a trip to Mexico yeah. for three You're, nights. You don't get anything for coming in first. But I mean, again, they were pioneering and piloting the show, figuring out what worked, yeah. what didn't. And then we have Team Guido in second. I don't know their actual names. Um, <laughs> their, uh, their team name is a reference to their, their dog, dog yes. isn't it? Love that. Oh, and the, the pit stop is in Songway Village. Which I guess is a small village yep. in um, where are we again? Zambia. Uh, Frank and Margarita in third. Okay, and then we get to the person, the team in fourth place, and they said Lenny and Karen, and I said who, who, are, who are these? People? I know. They gave them absolutely. They gave them absolutely no coverage. But again, like first episode, there's a lot of teams. You can't cover everything. You can't give everybody a very interesting team. They didn't have much going on. Yeah. Um, then we have Pat and Brendan fifth. Who we also didn't see a lot of, but you know, good for them. They're a little bit on the older side, maybe not the most athletic people. No, I think they're great. Uh, we have Kim and Leslie, our teachers, in sixth, and then we have Dave and Margareta in seventh. And good for them. They, you know, they did the fast forward and they still beat four teams. It like puts some respect exactly. on their names. And how old are they at the time of this? I don't know, actually. Um, I mean, the thing is, I feel like to do this, you have to pass a certain oh, yeah. physical test. Like, they're not just going to send you into this race if, if you're unhealthy. So, yeah, uh, just looking it up, they probably would have been in their early 60s filming this. Yeah, probably. Although, oh, that's doable. Yeah, that is doable. I thought they looked a little bit older, but you know what? Respect. They beat 14. Isn't Tom Cruise, like, 60? I have no idea. And, I mean, he drove a motorbike off of a ramp I mean, for the latest stunt in his film, so. I mean, Tom Cruise and Margarita, two of the same to me. Um, so, <laughs> so yes, David Margarita, Margarita killed it, seventh place. We have Paul and Amy in eighth, Kevin and Drew in ninth, and Nancy and Emily nearly avoiding elimination at tenth. And then something else I noticed is they get like mimosas or something at the pit stop, and they have yeah, to party. That's kind of it's kind of neat. Yeah, I thought it was kind of cool. But I mean, how are these people not collapsed on the ground after all this travel? I feel like your adrenaline is just so high, but also, you know, if I were to go on this right now, if I were to travel anywhere, I haven't been to Europe, so that would be like number one on my travel list. 
the last place I'd expect them to send you on the first leg would be Zambia. Yeah. So I'd just be so happy to be there and just wanting to take it all in. I guess so. You want to take it all in, but at the same time, I feel like that would be okay. I need to rest up and get as much sleep as possible before the next leg. Take a coffee, take a Red Bull. <laughs> You're fine. Because yeah. I think <clears throat> it's a 12-hour a turnaround, right? From the time you check in at the pit stop and then you have to wait 12 hours and you start the next leg. I'm not sure. I think I think that's what it is. And then we have our eliminated team, Matt and Anna. Oh, yeah. And then Phil is here. And I thought this elimination was so awkward. It's like you could clearly tell that nobody knew what to do in this situation. Like Phil didn't know what to do. Usually there's a little interview. He like asked him a question. But they just walked up. And then he was like, I'm sorry, Billy, this, but you've been eliminated. I feel like, you know, in the Canadian version, John always be like, guys, what happened? <laughs> yeah. You know, very um, sympathetically, where the show, you know, that's after years of the show being out and watching people get eliminated. But, like, first elimination is kind of rough. Yeah, it is very rough. First elimination in Amazing Race history. Phil, wait, what's their name? No, not Phil. Matt and Anna, first elimination. Sucks for them. But I feel like that'd be so hard to do to, like, look at someone and be like, you've been eliminated. Go home. Yeah, but you know what? It's what they signed up for. That's what you signed up for. So yeah, they just, he tells them they've been eliminated and they're just like literally, literally standing emoji. And then they're like, yeah, it's been an adventure. It's been, it's been wild. And then you have like this two seconds of awkward silence where they stand there and you can tell like they, they're not quite sure what to do. And then they just turn around and walk away with nothing. And then they have the most dramatic, sad music at the end. As Like I was ready to see a memorial. Like a memorial. I, I have to say the mu- going on music, sorry to interrupt. At the very beginning, the music felt like Pirates of the Caribbean, like Hans Zimmer. It was, it was very cinematic. It was very yes. cinematic. Although there wasn't a lot of music throughout this episode. There was a lot of just like silence. Again, but they're they're still figuring out yeah. the show. What yeah. worked, what wasn't. But I, yeah. I, I mean, you know, it, it did feel like 10 minutes of music over a New York taxi scene. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they have this really melodramatic, melancholic music playing and they have the credits going. So... And that's our episode. Season one. Yeah, there was a little little preview for next week. Um, I think there's going to be some rivalries. This, and looks, some alliances. this looks really well, fun. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm ready to get into it. Where Did it say where they're going? I think they're going to Paris. Ooh, yeah. Paris. So yeah, that's quite the travel. They're, they're going, they went ambitious with this. Um, this the first season. Yeah. Yeah, seems to be some drama coming up. Very excited for that. So yeah, overall, what were your, what were your thoughts on this first step? Oh, I know I've, I've mentioned this before, but again, it's just I I what a lot of my takeaways were just seeing how the show has evolved. You know, only kind of being familiar with episodes from you know maybe 2014 and mm-hmm. onwards to see this and see how the editing has changed and how the production of the show has changed. And not even the sense of producing the show in TV terms, but. Like we're saying, the detour was very, you know, here's a task that'll take you two hours. Here's one that you'll do right away. Go. And there wasn't any intellectual challenges. And a lot of it was direction based. I was, I, like, I was surprised by everything. Yeah. You know, I actually really enjoyed this like old school feel. It felt like like a behind the scenes almost. It wasn't as polished. It was. Yeah, it was not polished at all. I really enjoyed it. And how, how different it was. And yeah, it felt like a travel documentary. It was a very it was very raw. Like they just threw in a lot of raw footage, I found. And also another thing that they, they didn't do was throughout the race, like nowadays, you'll see, like, okay, David Margareta currently in sixth place. Or like this team currently in third. They, didn't do that. they never gave you standings. 
Yeah, but I feel like that's because they themselves probably didn't know where they were when they were going back and editing this. They're like, we don't know where these people are. They did that. I would say is something I really did miss because it's it makes it more intense. Yeah. I feel like because here it's like this is who's first, and then here's everybody else. But you're like, well, how far behind are they? Are they close to catching up? Is there a chance? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Who were your favorite teams? I mean, obviously mine are David Mag- Margareta. Kevin and Drew are a lot of fun. And Kevin and Drew are a lot of fun. And I also liked um, Nancy and Emily. I think they have kookiness in them as well. They have some upside. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on pretty much all of that. I'll just add in the uh, the working moms. Um, you love Pat and Brenda. Pat and Brenda. Yeah, I'm one for more. I prefer more of the wholesome teams. I don't really like the bickering <laughs> couples for relationships. No, I mean, they're, they're, you know, I guess they're necessary for the drama. Yeah. I mean, they make good TV. They make good TV. Yeah. And that's all we can really ask for. So who do you, who do you think, who's your winner pick? Who's going to win? I don't know. I mean, Rob and Brennan, if, you know, if they're lawyers, they've got the smarts and I mean, they're clearly able to really get after the physical challenges. But I mean, they also said that they've never been out of the States before. Exactly. So I don't, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of teams that could do it. Because I mean, even Frank and Margareta. Or Margareta, yeah. Frank and Margareta. I mean, clearly too, they can handle the physical stuff and they're, they're, they've got their smarts. So I, I don't know yet. I think we need to give it maybe two or three more episodes before right. I make a solid prediction. What about I'm you? I'm thinking I, I have high hopes for Team Guido. I think, That's I true. think they're really strong because I think they're Positive attitude. Physical. They have a positive attitude. They seem to have like a good relationship. They just kind of minded their own business. And they really did win this leg if it wasn't for the fast forward. Exactly. I so I I think they're going to win. You know, that wouldn't surprise me. And also too, like if for any of our listeners, we haven't, I, I promise I haven't looked anything up. I go onto Wikipedia. I copy some of the descriptions of what happens, and I don't look at who's eliminated. I don't look at who won. Yeah, no, I was very particular when I was doing my research to not like look at future episodes. Exactly, integrity and honesty. Yeah, that, that's us. We're an authentic podcast. Yeah. So going forward, I'm excited. I am too. Did you set up an email yeah, for our yeah, listeners? So. I'll set up an email if any of our loyal viewers want to send us a message, some words of encouragement, some advice. It'll be in the description box below. Maybe in the description box below if I can find an apt name for it. So do you have any other thoughts before we end this? Um, Not really. I'm looking forward to doing the next episode. Yeah. Looking forward to see where they go. And I'm looking forward to see who, who allies with each other. Yes, because they did tease an alliance there. Yeah, you always love a good alliance. A good alliance, because with alliances come drama, because you, they never last. They never, they never last. last. I don't I don't think I haven't seen an alliance last more than a couple episodes in my history of The Amazing yeah. Race. So we'll see what happens. The first ever alliance in The Amazing Race history. Yeah. I mean, good for them. And Episode two, they've already got some strategy going. That's how you play the game. That's how you play the game. Okay. So that's it for us. Okay. You can email us, maybe, if you want to. Um, and then we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.